0: Hey, welcome to Smart, Fabulous, and Single. I'm Tricia Ann. Today, we're gonna enjoy our bonus episode, The Producer's Pick. In this segment, my guests and I dissect the line from a movie, song, quote, social media, post, scripture, or a topic you suggest. So, if you're ready for something life-transforming, stick around for today's episode. And if you have any questions, email me at pod at Also, if you'd like to be a guest on one of our episodes, visit our podcast page at www.sfswoman.com. Ladies, welcome back to Smart, Fabulous and Single. I am so grateful that you're tuning in because today I have a special guest pastor, Courtney Morrison, he is the pastor for Fellowship Tabernacle Portmore. He is a mentor, a counselor, works in prison ministry. I mean, he is really concerned with his congregation and his community. Pastor Courtney, welcome to Smart, Fabulous, and Single.
1: Thank you for having me, Tricia. Always exciting to share about men, it's always good especially seeing that even from scripture and this is not male chauvin is it but the lord determined that men are leaders are we saying that women cannot lead absolutely not we're not saying that but in terms of designated roles that is what i believe and i believe that is what the scripture teaches yes so we're not saying women can't lead especially the household we're not saying that please we're saying the designated role of men, are leaders. And, and as such, they try to play it out. Here we go. Last time we spoke about with the real man them there. Today we want to talk about who is the mature man. What does he look like? Uh, when we spoke about with a real man them there, um, I, I said it before and I will still say, it. I tend to avoid speaking about real men. I speak about men. Uh that, that's us, who we are, who we should be. Uh, the question is, when I hear real men, are we talking about the word genuine? Are we talking about the word ideal or perfect men? What is it that we're really trying to identify? Last time we identified 14 different features, good characteristics that men should have or good men should have, or if you want to use the term, real men should have. But then there are some questions that I ask Some of these characteristics are honesty, they're being responsible, father, husband, whatever area they're in in their lives, integrity, valor, character. They should be caring, compassionate, loving, gentle, faithful, forgiving, teachable, leader, and most importantly, submitted to God. It is lastly but most greatly, submitted to God the bible teaches it in ephesians chapter five as god is the head of christ and christ the head of the church so is man the head of woman and so there's an order in which things happen we're talking about the order of submission god christ church man and that's the 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 thing so if you have a man ladies if you're listening and he's not submitted to god you may be a bit out of order and life might just be that way for you. And that's not what you want. That's not what you want. Man was made in God's own image. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. And so today, with that scripture, we want you to recognize that a real man, a good man, a man that is ideal and perfect must resemble God. He must portray the characteristics that god portrays so ladies if you want to know what those characters are you gotta get a bible (laughs) the characteristics and the character and the attributes of god are definitely made evident in the bible i remember sometime before um, in my younger days there was a book called common sense christianity And I didn't want to read the book. I said, these people are going to try to reason out who God is. But I decided to take up the book and give it a read. And, oh God, that book blessed me. I think Max Rice was the person who wrote it. The book blessed me. And this is something that I remember. The author of the book, there's this young lady who, she picked up the book before, she read it, she didn't like it. Later on in life, she met a gentleman, she fell in love with him, and when she recognized who was it that she got married to, another author of the book, all of a sudden, she decided to read the book over, and she fell in love with the book. Why did she fell in love with the book now? She saw the attributes of the man that she fell in love with in the book. And so the book taught me this one thing. The Bible is God's love letter to us. Let's fall in love with him and then we'll understand even better. So his personality, his maturity, his creativity and his activity. How is it that he does things and how should we actually behave? I want to share with us what is known as the six stages of men. And I'd like for you to know this is not my own writing but I've found them to be true. It's it's taken from the book, The Masculine Journey, Understanding the Six Stages of Manhood. And it is written by Robert Hicks. Very interesting book. Just want to list what these six stages are and speak a little bit about them. You know, it's it's very important that we understand what is happening here, because being a man is a journey and sometimes we may meet a man somewhere along this journey who has not yet gotten to the destination of manhood of being that real genuine ideal perfect resembling god sort of look and so ladies especially if you're looking for a man you have to be able to also identify what part of the journey they are in or if we want to put it in a way that I've been speaking to first, you have to understand what season they are in. Because you may get them at a particular season and you may not understand what is happening. Some of the men themselves don't have not actually come to a position of self-actualization. And as such, you're dealing with an immature man. And so today we want to talk about the mature man. And men don't get um, offended by me saying, immature man. I consider myself an immature man when I read this book too, because I don't believe I've gotten to the sixth stage that this book talks about just yet. I'm getting a little gray hairs in my head, but the last stage actually means gray haired, but it actually means the fulfillment. So here are the six stages I want to speak a bit about. Your man asks yourself, where on this journey am I? adam is the creation of man and we tend to call him the noble savage and that's what that's what robert hicks referred to him as the the word here adam in the beginning god created male and female adam if you read genesis 5 and verse 2 you know i was asking someone what was the name of eve before she was named eve because most people don't recognize she did not have a name until genesis chapter 3 after the fall of sin her name before she became eve believe it or not was adam because when you're just created the word adam means man mankind and so in the beginning just as we're created the noble savage he is at the beginning of the stage of his life as to who he is he is actually thinking about self-esteem he's created with dignity and for relationship god and others but he has to explore he's in this explorative stage that he is still not even certain which direction he's heading so ladies you don't want him in an arm stage <laughs> he's still looking he's still probably just stilling the soil he's still probably working the garden but in terms of relationship He is not yet at the place of a mature mind to walk in a relationship. Think about this. The original Adam, he was never born, he was created. He knew nothing about dating. He knew nothing about courtship. He was just presented with a wife. (laughs) I love to tell those who are married, if you are listening, if you want and, and you probably should know is you really want to know if you're safe, get married. Everything went inside and you become exposed. <laughs> As to whether or not you can manage and, and, and if this man who you are married to or even if you're a woman who have got married at this atomic stage. There is a lot of self searching. They're still seeking of direction. You are not certain of most things. And so the decisions that you make are very tentative and not necessarily ones that you are saying, I have decided completely that this is it. And it's not a sin, actually. No, it's not a sin. It's just the stage where you're at. You're still growing, you're still maturing, but you need to ensure that you move from this stage. The women are also created in this stage. In Genesis 1:27, where it said, God created man, the word there is Adam. Male and female, zakar, both used. And that word zakar, though, from men, not so sure how it, how it obtains for the woman, but it's talking about the phallic male. Hmm. We're talking, the, the Hebrew lexicon lists the root idea of the term as the male protrusion, the male phallus. Everybody know what the male phallus is if you're listening?
0: You mean- yeah like a penis
1: it, it, it is not meaning like it is the penis right
0: okay sir
1: and, and so
0: it is the he, penis
1: yes he has moved from an atomic stage of just searching and exploring that he wants to explore even further but his sexual orientation becomes predominantly a focus it becomes predominantly a focus I, i'm not even sure i can give this joke you know I, i'm not sure but he's not using the head on the top of his body. He's using his head a little lower down to do seeking and finding. And, and, and so, women, you catch a man at this stage and you wonder, how is it that he just seems to, he just wants me as a sex object. He just wants me, you know, to dance for him. He wants me to do. And even in some marital relationship, you're seeing this happening. Remember, though, that God made him this way. Remember as well that even after creation, even after being created, the first instruction to Adam and Eve is the fruitful and replenish the earth. In other words, go have, have some good sex, produce some children so that the work is not overbearing on you. They will work with you. So the phallic male, you know, is, is our innate sexual focus on the phallus for men, you know, which either gets denied denigrated or perverted in our culture and that's what robert hicks declared we are sexual beings at our most primary primal level this is not necessarily the best stage for you to find the man in that's the second stage he is zakar the phallic male he has moved from just being adam the created male, just seeking direction seeking to 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 find relationships but not yet finding true direction or true sense of purpose. And so we have to be careful how we find the man in this stage. You know, if on the masculine journey, this man stop at phallic Seville, it, it can be trouble. That's all he seeks. And, you know, you'd find even men in their fifties who are at this stage married and they're looking for a younger girl because they're still thinking this way. The next stage of the man is the Gibor He's the warrior. He's in this competitive stage. He has to prove. This is where pride sits up in, in the same gentleman and ego. He's the glorified hero. He can become violent at this stage with the competitive nature that he has. The warrior is a killer, violent, unthinking, uncaring and abusing. He's not thinking oh, I just want sex, I'm I'm looking for a relationship. He's now looking competition. He's now in a place where he believes he has to prove himself other than being phallic, other than just looking for a relationship. He feels he has to prove himself. Not the best stage to find a man. Sad to say, many of us as men, we're still there. And even if we get to certain levels, we still exhibit some of these first three stages to Adam the creational man, the Zakhar, the phallic male, or Gibor, the warrior. You know, <laughs> we're in a relationship. And there, we hear the lady has another man. In our own Jamaican context, we have seen a lot of murder, suicide. He's violent, he's abusive. And he tends to try to also not only kill the lady, but if he finds the man first, he's going to end the competi- the competitor. He's going to end the competition because he's at this divorce stage. After going through some of these stages, in the fourth stage, he's the wounded male. He's thinking, he has found that he has a compassionate side. He has found that he's more than the phallic male, thinking sex, just looking for a relationship as the other man. That looking competition, he has learned that competition is not necessarily the way to go and, and being abusive and fighting and warring is going to actually lose someone who he loves. And so he forsakes the gibor and he becomes wounded even by his own actions and deeds. But mainly most men who are wounded, and this stage we call it the Enosh stage, the painful incongruency. He may have been wounded by his father, may not have had affirmations. He may not have heard what it means to love. He doesn't understand this. Where, where's this sense of being compassionate? Is Where's this coming from? Where's all this happening to? Why have I missed this? Why at this stage of my life, I'm having these feelings? Am I getting soft? Remember, you know, he's coming from a warrior state and he's now wounded. He, and, and the only persons who really get wounded really are the warriors because they have been in battle, they have been in war. But then when the, the, the war is removed, they are, they are now seeing clearly. Hey, you, have you ever sometimes gotten up and feel that there's a bruise on your leg and you, you, you can't remember how did this bruise come, but you may have hit your foot on something. During the process of being bruised, you may not have recognized it until you have moved away. From the situation that caused pain. Then here somebody say Amen for that. It it happens, you know, even with our views, women, it happens. They, 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 they will look back and they'll wonder, How did I remain there? What happened here? You know? And and then they are seeing all the bruises. It's a similar thing for the man, even if he is ashamed of most of his activities. He feels ashamed of the abuse that he's causing. He is he, recognizing that he himself may have been abused and hurt, and to deal with his own pain, he thought that venting it and, you know, projecting it the way he did would have brought him some level of peace and comfort. And he realized all he did was wound him himself. So he comes to this stage and and, and is trying to figure it out. He, he may have been also by by by, by layoff the educational system. Strangely enough, domineering mothers. A research has shown, you know, this is this is so strange that uh, I don't remember if I mentioned it. This last study done by Dr. Herbert Gale that they interviewed 384 prisoners who they deemed as shut up. They were men who killed two or more persons and were imprisoned for those murders. So if you killed one, you weren't a shut up, and a hundred percent of those males were abused by their mothers, all 384 and the trigger for them is that they are having a nice life until the woman that they come in contact with start to remind them of the abusive mother and that triggers a whole different level of behavior but most of those mothers were single mothers who were frustrated but Part of the thing was that they blamed the father for leaving them alone with the son. And if that son ever did resemble the ugly pupa, wicked pupa, the ugly father, are the wicked fathers, for those who are international and don't know what pupa is, we're talking about fathers. And so they took it out on the child. And so, yes, domineering mothers and teachers And by the educational system, toxic takeovers in business. And this I'm quoting from Robert Hicks you know, by layoffs, by failures, by success, by alcohol, by divorce, by his own friendlessness, by poverty, and by wealth. You know, the warrior is now wounded and bleeding. He is in need and often doesn't know
0: it. So these are all the the ways in which he may have been wounded whether it is mother teacher as you said um or whatever those are just ways in which he may have been wounded and may not even recognize it
1: and so women again and men who are listening women you have to be able to recognize where in the journey is this man that you have either had a relationship with or that you seek to want to enter into a relationship with Is he yet that mature man as he passed these stages that we have referred to so far? We have two more to go, and those two last stages are very important. So we spoke about the Adam, the creation of male, the noble savage, the Zachar, the phallic male, the mysterious taskman, explorative, sexually oriented, biased towards sex, wired for sex, that's what we see, the gibber man, the warrior, the group, just hero, the competitor, the place of pride. But then he becomes wounded. He becomes the enoch man, the painful incongruency. And so he's bleeding and he's in need. And so often, this is where you'll find most men seemingly becoming quiet in their lives. They're not speaking much anymore. They're, they're observing far more. They're, they're, they're actually thinking more than responding. And before you get a response from them, they, they, they actually think far more. They have come to a recognition that for some reason, like a caterpillar moving to the stage of a cocoon, that changes need to be made if they intend to soar in life. If, if, if you need to soar as a man, You have to understand these next two stages. If you need to ensure that the woman that you are with love you like cooked food, (laughs) love you like gravy, love you like pizza. I don't know what it is that you love, but love you with the love of God and say, hey, I've entrusted my life to this man. I, I believe this is where I want to go for the rest of my life. If you're thinking marriage, that, i now have someone with me who will build me and and he will be able to see the support of a wonderful woman and don't take her as his competitor but as the person who completes that he's no longer wanting to compete but he has found someone now to complete who is and that was from the beginning I mentioned this. Notice I, I did lay in these last two. You know, they're pretty and they're nice and they sound good and they feel good. And this should be the desire of most of our men, these last two stages. I think I made mention of this last time around, that men are not any less emotional than women. I want to make this point clear again, that women, as long as you believe in the Bible, which I believe in, that women were taken out of men. Eve came out of Adam. God took the rib and ensured that he had bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. God did not take the woman and give her all the emotions that was in the man and left him with none or little. So when you see what we tend to describe as an emotional male, in other words, who's expressing himself overtly, do not tell him he's getting in touch with his feminine side because he's going to become offended. He is showing his emotions, God given emotions, and they are very masculine. Someone brought this to my attention the other day that the hormone that is most prevalently being produced during a menstrual cycle is testosterone. So when we see women uh, uh, exhibiting PMS, It might be that they are behaving more like men than women. I found that funny. That's deep,
0: actually. That's very deep.
1: But it's true. It's true that the hormone that's produced during that. uh, We had a a female athlete who was tested positive for testosterone, high levels of testosterone. And the truth is, they had to find it negative because when they checked, she was going through a menstrual cycle while she was doing that me. So I don't think we know that truth. I don't think we understand that truth that read and truly, and to bring it back to where I was going, that men are not any less emotional than women. St. John 11.35 Jesus wept and the Pato version said Jesus put down a piece of coal barley and he was the most emotional man that we know. So, listen to these last two stages because I'm getting excited now. The Ishman, the mature man, the reborn ruler. <laughs> this reborn ruler, this Ishman, this fifth stage of what this man is, it, it really reflects him being independent of outside consideration. This is the differentiated man one who is his own man, who knows who he really is and what he's all about apart from anyone else. The reborn ruler. He's no longer Adam. He's no longer Zakar. He's no longer Enoch. She's no longer Gibor. He's none of those anymore. He is, he is the reborn mature ruler controlling everything he doesn't need outside consideration for him to recognize who he is he's no longer in competition with anyone he's not wounded anymore out of his wounds he has become healed and for him to have gotten to this stage he must have been wounded though to recognize where he needs to go i love the Ishmael. hallelujah yes ma'am oh.
0: So, you know, it's so interesting. I, I love it. It sounds very exciting and uh, that kind of man. Want. But it, it's interesting to me because in the same, with The Real Man Them day, um, Michael Dixon, who was one of the men on my man talk segment, said that, you know, sometimes men, uh, we have to be cautious as women because they're, they're men who are highly influenced by their peers. And so they don't, you know, they don't know how to, um, make their own decisions, or they will make decisions based on what their pe- peers may say wh- whether it is generally or in relation to a woman and so um, the woman sometimes gets left behind because the peers are um, jeering the man in a particular direction so your your this ish man this fifth stage would have left that kind of uh, dependence on peers. So he's now more mature because he is walking in his own decision-making.
1: Yes. He, he is at the place where he'd have had experience. A number of wounds, whether father wounds, friends wounds, peers, all the likes, um, relational wounds. And he has now risen above those wounds he has healed and he has a different perspective on life he's experienced he has recognized that some of what he had before was immature and he's about to get to a stage where his wings are about to be spread because he is now being able to look back and recognize some serious errors in his life that he made now here is what is true though he has to pass through those stages to get to this. It cannot happen without coming through the stages. It's not like he can be born-ish. But the truth is, is that one of the difficulties we have in life now is how do we get our men to reach the ish stage before they become 50 and 40 years old? That is the challenge, and that is the challenge that we must now recognize that we face. And this is where mentorship is necessary. This is where accountability is necessary. This is the only way that we are going to mature. Jesus stayed with his disciples for three years, teaching them, bringing them to the level of maturity that when he left them, they could stand on their own. And this is what needs to happen. We need to get some of our younger men in their 20s, probably as teenagers and begin to let them know about these different stages of life, that they are natural, they're going to happen. But the quicker you allow them to pass, is the quicker you come to the stage of maturity that when you are considering family, when you're considering your, your spouse, when you're considering life itself, you're at a stage that you are advanced enough to move ahead, it is very important. The Ish kind of man is never alone, understands the accountability process. He understands that he is, is, as we said, that no man is an island, no man stands alone. He needs to come to this position of recognizing him and a soldier. You are man, created man relational man you have inside of you the spirit of a warrior let him live but don't let it be competitive you must be able to know when to direct who to direct at, and how to do this direction of the gibor spirit you need to know when it's time to be phallic because guess what even though you're past those stages they still exist in you no matter what it is not that you are thinking about them only. It's not that you are riveted in them only, but all of them are a part of your makeup and you are becoming mature. But you have the experiences that you need to go through. There's a way I put it these days in doing teachings. Do not judge someone by the season that you see them in. This, I, I, I read a story just last week where this gentleman was called but he called himself Bobby Love and he was married for 40 years but here is the truth behind Bobby's marriage in comes the CIA in the 40th year of his marriage and arrests him his wife is now wondering what is happening and he turns to her and said this happened long before I even knew you and they do a synopsis on his life before he was a juvenile delinquent he went to prison for many misdemeanors. He actually was so bright though that he broke out of prison. They recaptured him five years later. He went in again and he broke out of another prison. He went and made a new life. He promised his mother that he would do well. And so he changed to the point that the only person, this Bobby loved that his wife knew was a compassionate, caring, understanding, loving father of three and an excellent spouse who never cheated he had progressed on his journey but somehow didn't recognize he still had to deal with the past and for a lot of our men we have to recognize we need to deal with the past if we intend to move forward or if someday someone is going to come and arrest us we have to deal with it we have to deal with it if we don't do that If we don't conquer all the Goliaths before we get to the place of the throne like David, that's when we're going to have a rough fight. Anyhow, the long and the short of the story, he was exonerated, released, and was allowed to go back, living his life. And they checked the amount of years he was out, the life he was living, and his wife came visited him in prison while they were, you know, putting the case together. And he's a free man, but his life was changed. From that juvenile delinquent to who he was, don't judge someone by the season they're If you judge David just before he, he, he actually went and had a comeback with the Goliath, you'd say, "Wonderful man, wonderful young shepherd boy." If you met him when he speared Sauls, so life, "Excellent," but when he became king, he killed his best friend, took his best friend wife. What if his chapter and his season ended there? If we judge them during that season, he's a killer, an adulterer, you see? And so we must be able to also be able to forgive and let go of the past. Is restitution necessary? I believe so. But what if you're not able to make it? Still forgive and release the person. And then David, again, comes to the place where Absalom kicks him off his throne. What if the season ended there? And even for men, what if you find him just the creational man or the, the phallic nail or you find him Gibor or you find him the Enoch? What if you find him in any of these stages and, 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 and he's not where he should be? Is he a real man? Is he a good man? Is he a genuine man? As far as he's he concerned, the answer is yes. But he just hasn't realized that it's a journey and he's not yet at the place of ish and maturity. Where is the reborn ruler learning that all the past was experienced. And the quicker you get through these experiences, the quicker you become mature. And the more you have to enjoy and the more you will be compassionate and treating others well. If you think the ish stage is anything, there is a sixth stage man was created on the sixth day and the words that you hear me tell you adam zakar gibor enosh and ish are all hebrew words are all rooted in hebrew this final stage as said by robert hicks is called the second stage the sage the fulfilled man the gray-haired man The man who the Bible talks about is here is great. He's filled with wisdom. His experience that's gotten him to this place. He understands and he's one who can counsel. He's one who gives guidance. He's one who is there to help others along the way that they can get to this stage earlier than they thought they would. It doesn't have to take 60 years or 50 years, but that he's at a stage of fulfillment in his life. I remember hearing Andrew Stone many years ago telling me this thing and I've never forgotten it. it. He says to me, Courtney, ensure when you get to age 30 that you have some things in place. If you get to age 40 and they are not in place, you may push the panic button. I don't know if Andrew would ever remember that he told me that, but these things stuck with me. And he pointed to a gentleman who was over 40 he was not at the position or the place where he was fulfilled. And he, he grayed quickly. Emotionally, when you become drained, it, the, that, that gray hair may not be wisdom. It may be because you are aging, because you're not fulfilled. And that's the opposite of Zake. When you are at the fulfillment stage, you are enjoying life. You would have recognized what it holds. You would have been able to probably look back already. Recognize that I need to forgive some persons. I need to ask some persons to forgive me. I need to walk in the fullness of what God is teaching me. If we recognize these things, we are at a place that we can live. I, I want to read something here that Robert Hicks says here about the sage man. He says, the grade in male is not the confused, solitary, senior citizen male, often portrayed in movies and frangles. He's not that. He's absolute. the biblical image sees this man connected to all of life and making his finest and most important contribution to the community and culture. He is the one who sits at the political, civic, and religious centers of the society, making his most significant contribution. He's also a mentor as he sits at the gates of the cities, imparting the wisdom of the ages to the younger men. You know, when you think about African culture, you'll always see men who sit, and even they'll take the younger ones and they'll have to come and sit to listen to the wisdom. That's the Zaken man. That's the sage. That's the fulfilled. He's there to guide. The, the man whom the younger men look for mentoring, guidance, nurture, and understanding of life, he was also the one who granted younger men the honor of being accepted fully into the adult Male community. And as such, the Zaken man, once he gets to that full cool spill stage, I guarantee you he lives a life of honor. And not only does he live a life of honor, he becomes honored by those round about him.
0: Thank you for listening to Smart, Fabulous, and Single. If you loved it, please download, subscribe, rate, and share it. Then head over to our website at www.sfswoman.com to access show notes and other fantastic bonus content and resources and to sign up as a guest. You can also sign up to continue the conversation in our Facebook group. If you want to share topic ideas, email me at pod at Okay, so thanks again, and don't forget to join me for new episodes, Mondays to Fridays. You can also connect with me on FB and IG at smart, fabulous, and single. And remember, what you have on the inside of you is far greater than your circumstances, weaknesses, and fears, so you already have everything you need to live life successfully.